You're listening to the Sunday Messages podcast brought to you by Cypress Creek Church. Year, Happy New Year, everyone. It is good to see you. It's still okay to say Happy New Year on uh, January 7th. I said August 7th in the first gathering because I think I'm already trying to speed through this year and get to the fall. You may be like me, like, let's go, let's go, let's go. Uh, But wherever you are, in fact, wherever you are in your faith journey, I do hope that you feel welcome in this place. If you are visiting, I want to especially welcome you. My name is Jose, and I have the honor of serving as a lead pastor. And we, Cypress Creek Church, are a group of imperfect people who are all on a journey to follow the only perfect Savior, and that is Jesus. This is our 10 o'clock gathering. We have an 1130 gathering, and so it looks pretty full in here. It's good on a cold day because it's nice to be cozy, but I would encourage you to consider checking out the 1130 gathering as well. God is up to a lot of things through this church, and I want to start this morning by looking back for just a moment and praising God for an incredible 2023. I know we zoomed through EV gatherings were unbelievable, 1,500, over 1,500. stopped uh, keeping count at one point because there were just so many people shuffling through here, but we counted at least 1,500 individuals came to celebrate Christmas at our Eve Eve gatherings. Uh, We had an incredible Eve service and uh, uh, Christmas, uh, I'm sorry, New Year's Eve, and and then since then we've compiled these stats, 129 men, women, and students were set free at Encounter Weekends, 11 new community groups started. That's 53 total. 105 couples showed up here in this room to sharpen their marriage through the Married People series, which, by the way, is coming again in February. Uh, 100 families served in our community through the summer food program. 29 sent out into our international mission partners. 188 students came to focus. We had 2,079 people celebrate Easter, the resurrection of Jesus last year. 222 pre-K to fifth grade students at kids camp over the sermon. 114 baptisms that we celebrated together. Can we praise God for an amazing 2023? Numbers are not everything, and we're not numbers-driven, but the numbers do signify that lives are being changed, that we are gathering, that we are growing, that we are giving, that we are going in the name of Jesus to love God, love others, people, and make disciples. That is our mission. That is why we exist. And, And so praise God for what he's done. And now that the holiday season is over, Let's prepare for 2024. I want to start by asking who flew in the 2023 holiday season? Who flew to see family? Uh, I'd love to see your hands. Uh, Who who went outside of the state of Texas? Keep your hands raised if you flew outside of the state of Texas. Who flew longer than three hours? Longer than a three-hour flight? Keep your hands up, okay? Uh, uh, Five hours, five hours, Keep, keep your hands up, five hours. All right, where do we go? Brazil, na, 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 na. Way to go, let's give it up. To Brazil, yeah! Both of you guys went home to Brazil. I, uh, I didn't travel, I didn't need a passport to travel, but I went international, I went to Miami, Miami, Florida, where, where they speak more Spanish than English. My kids are like, are we in Mexico? And I'm like, no, it's complicated, it's, it, it's fine. But I do hope that wherever you traveled, you had a moment 
to just enjoy, to, to sit and, and enjoy the Christmas season, what Christmas really represents that Jesus came to us, that, that he's Emmanuel, God, with us. And we were nervous because we were uh, celebrating my sister's wedding, which was good, but there was a lot of activity. And so we didn't know if we were just going to enjoy our time there. And uh, I took this picture because we did. Look at that beautiful sunset on the beach. And I'm glad we caught it. We're all smiling. And, and the kids were like, can we go back to playing now? Because we don't want to pose for this picture. But I hope that you had a moment this last, these last three weeks where you could just enjoy and remain in the goodness of that moment, maybe with family, maybe with friends, maybe just you by yourself, thanking God for the many blessings, praising him for his goodness and preparing for 2024. And it's funny how we just flip that switch quickly, and then we start going to the, okay, now what is my New Year's resolution? What are we going to do, and how am I going to plan to make 2024 the best, greatest year? And in the name of Jesus, I do hope that 2024 is an amazing year for us as a church family. We got the Oaks Project to look forward to, which by the way, your overseers are already hard at work. We're working on an update that we will be sharing soon as to our plan for that. And, and that was an unbelievable praise, the way that you responded by committing and giving to the emerging generations and the community. I can't wait for that. And, and personally, I, I really do hope that there are amazing things, but here's what happens. February comes, and did you know that 80% of New Year's resolution fail by February? And for you, you may be like, I, I already failed, and I'm already seven days in. <laughs> Only 4% make it through the year. It's, it's a really low percentage. Here's what I want to talk about this morning. We should be talking about the good. We should be expectant. We should be bold in our ask of what God will do in 2024. And we should also prepare because I can tell you in this world, we will have trouble, but we can take heart because Jesus has overcome the world. I wish that the biggest problem that we would face this year is a failed New Year's resolution. But the reality is, is that many of us will, will face sickness and illness and unknown financial uh, uh, trials that we will face and, and uh, the loss of loved ones and, and tragedies. And, and so what I want to do for the next four weeks is prepare our hearts to face whatever 2024 has in store of, uh, to us. After all, it is an election year, and so we can anticipate some trouble, some tension, and we as followers of Christ can take heart because he came, he died on that cross, and he didn't stay on that grave, but he rose again, and he who is in us is greater than he who is in this world. If anybody is with me, can I hear an amen? amen. And so we can take heart in who Jesus is. Is and continue to plan and continue to hope. This is a both and type series. And so my, my question that, that I've been asking myself and asking the Lord as I've been preparing, can we remain in those good moments? Did we maybe just celebrate and we're like, can, can we have more of that God through this year? 
And the answer is a resounding yes. You can. You can remain in the good in the midst of bad. How? Well, by this verse, it's John 14, verse 6. Jesus said, I am the way and the truth and the life. And no one comes to the Father except through me. Jesus utters these words in the context of a very troubling season of his life. See, he's in the upper room. He just served the first communion to his disciples during the Last Supper. He, he took the bread and he said, this is my body that's about to be broken when I go to the cross. And this, is, this cup represents my blood, which will be poured out for you to cover over your sins. And he's also in the presence of his friends, one of which will betray him and hand him over to the officials, and another one who will deny him three different times. Jesus knows trouble. And it is in this context that he opens up in John chapter 14, the first verse. He says this, let not your hearts be troubled. I love this because no matter what trouble may come our way, we, we have a way out. He says, you have the opportunity to not let your heart be troubled, no matter what the circumstance is. He, 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 he teaches us how to embody this word that we don't talk about often, but I want to bring it to the forefront of our minds, equanimity. It's a fancy word that you can impress your friends with. I learned this word at church, equanimity. Can we say that word together? Equanimity. Equanimity equals, it means having composure and emotional calmness in presence of mind, particularly in difficult and trying circumstances. The great pastor and theologian in the 1700s in this country, Jonathan Edwards, says it this way. The strength of the good soldier of Jesus Christ appears in nothing more than in steadfastly maintaining the holy calm meekness, sweetness, and benevolence of his mind amidst all the storms, injuries, strange behavior, and surprising acts and events of evil of this, uh, uh, and, uh, and events of this evil and unreasonable world. His words, his definition, he didn't use the word equanimity, but that's exactly what he is talking about. Let not your heart be troubled. Equanimity. How? how? How do we do this? How can we guard our heart from the trouble of this word where the next word is what? Believe. Believe in God. Believe also in me. The Greek word believe is pistiwo. Pastiwo is not a passive faith. Oh, yeah, I just believe in God and in the way that, that, that I hope that something, you know, may, may come to pass or, or believe in this passive sense. It's actually a, a verb. It's believe, trust in God to believe with an implication that actions based on that trust may follow. He is 
the way uh, and the truth and the life. Verse two, we're gonna get to that verse here in a second. Verse two says that in my father's house, are many rooms. If it were not so, would I have told you that I go to prepare a place for you? And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and will take you to myself, that where I am, you may be also, and you know the way to where I am going. And Thomas brings up a question that I think a lot of us ask God, whether we recognize it or not. Thomas says, Lord, we, we do not know where you are going. How can we know the way. And Jesus said to him, I am the way and the truth and the life. And no one comes to the father except through me. See, Thomas is looking for that quick answer. He's, he's looking for information. He's, he's looking, hey, just show us the way. Tell us what to do. And Jesus said, no, no, I am the way. The way is being with me. Uh, how often when we face a trouble, trial, or problem, we look to Google, we ask our friends, we look for other, for information out there instead of being with Jesus and asking him, Lord, what would you have me do? Lord, what do you want me to think about this trial, trouble? this impediment. Jesus says, I am the way. Be with me. We love shortcuts. We, we love to find the fastest way from A to B. I don't know if you're an Apple Maps guy or a Google Maps gal or maybe a Waze person you're looking after where the police are so you don't get you know, pulled over, or if you have an Android and have another app, let me know what it is afterwards. I'm a Google Maps guy, and uh, in, when, I was, when we were in Miami, we were going from A to B, and there was the fast way through the main road, or there was the long way, and the long way actually went through a route that I uh, traversed as a kid on a bike, because that's what you can do when there are sidewalks on the streets. You can ride your bike. And, and we actually were amazed because I was 10, 11. We didn't have cell phones back then. It wasn't that long ago, but we didn't have cell phones back then. And, and I would ride my bike from A to B. And then I just call my mom from the house phone at my friend's house. I arrived and my mom said, way to go. We wouldn't do that these days. It's sad. But anyway, that's not the message. That's another thing. Uh, so, so I showed the kids, hey, I, I used to ride this way to the beach. And it was a long way because it had, wasn't the main way. It, had, uh, it wasn't on the highway. It had sidewalks. And, and it was great to reminisce. And it was great to take my time and not worry about getting to there quickly. What if we took that approach in 2024? We took the scenic route. We, we tried to resist the quick way and just enjoyed the journey, just being on the way and asking God, Lord, what, what, what are you teaching me right now? You are the way. See, the way of Jesus is slow. It's steady. John 15, there are several I am statements in the gospel of John, where Jesus says, I am, I am. In this verse, he's saying, I am the way. And in John 15, he says, I am 
the vine, and my father is the gardener. So we, we talked about in the planted series that we are to sow seeds that will grow up to become these oaks of righteousness. And I would love to just plant this seed and, and put some fertilizer and maybe make it act like miracle grow. And then in a couple of days, we can have results. But the truth is, is that it's slow and it's steady in the same way it is with our spiritual walk with Jesus. In verse two, it says that he cuts off every branch that bears no fruit, while every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes so that it will be even more fruitful. So not only is it slow, but it can also be hurtful. He takes away the old so that the good can have more and it can bear more fruit. You are already clean because of the word I've spoken to you. Remain in me as I also remain in you, no branch can bear fruit by itself. It must remain in the vine. Neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. Three times this word, this verb, remain. How do we remain in God? How, how can we remain with the way, with the truth and the life? Well, in Jeremiah chapter two, we see the problem with remaining. See, Jeremiah 2, God is indicting the people of Israel for being a vine. And he's saying, I planted you like a choice vine of sound and reliable stock. But then he says, you people, how then did you turn against me into a corrupt wild vine? Although you wash yourself with soap and use an abundance of cleansing powder and stain of your guilt is still before me, declares the sovereign Lord. See, we all choose our own way instead of submitting to God's way. We are distracted. We want the easy way out. We want the right now answer. And we miss sometimes remaining, slowing down and hearing from God. How do we remain? Well, one of the Amazing church fathers from old 300 AD, Augustine of Hippo, talks about one verse in the Bible that is the secret to remaining, that is the secret to abiding and actually having happiness, not happiness in the way that the world would define it, more stuff, more success, more satisfaction in, in, in the things of this world, but more of God's presence. And it's in Psalm 27, verse 4. It says this, one thing I have asked the Lord that I will seek after, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, to gaze upon the beauty of the Lord and to inquire in his temple. Other translations say to contemplate his beauty, to delight in the Lord's imperfections and study, inquire at his feet and meditate in his temple, to abide, to remain in God. What are you gazing on already in 2024? What are you setting your sights on? May our first sight May we fix our eyes on the one who was and is and is to come. May we contemplate the true beauty of what he has done for each one of us 
And then from there, we can set the goal and the resolutions and all of that stuff. This morning, I want to close by getting really practical. I hope each of you got one of these. This is a three by five card that has three exercises that I want to encourage and challenge us to practice each of these exercises for five minutes, a totaling 15 minutes a day. Better to do it at the beginning of the day so that you can set the pace and prepare for whatever may be ahead. It starts with worship. And, and worship really is settling your heart. And music has a wonderful way to calm us. You can sing or you can just sit in silence with no music. But the bottom line is to center our hearts on God. Allow him to speak to you and maybe bring something to your heart and your mind. So we have a YouTube playlist that you can check out. Uh, there's this in physical form. And then, of course, there's a QR code with an electronic one. And uh, the second is that you read a chapter a day, uh, about five minutes, unless you're reading something like Psalm 139, the longest chapter in the book. But you can choose a chapter a day. Encourage you, if you haven't had a Bible study plan yet, read the Gospel of John. Start one chapter starting today or tomorrow. There's 21 chapters. You'll finish it by February. Read a chapter a day. Uh, we use the OIA method, observation. It's just what does it say? What stands out to you? Interpretation is what does it mean? What does this passage really mean? What is the context? What is the author intending? What is the literary device? Is this a story, a narrative? Is it teaching? Is it law? Is it prophecy and, and then of application. How do I need to respond? Ask, what did you learn about God in the passage? What did it teach you about yourself? And then finally, pray. And this acronym for pray starts with praise. We, we thank God for who he is. We say that he is the Lord of Lords and the King of Kings, that he was and is and is to come, that he is God with us. And then spend time turning to God in repentance, asking him to forgive you. I, this morning, was saying, Lord, forgive me for moving quickly and being distracted and not slowing down enough to hear from you. Psalm 4610 says, be still and know that he is God. We are not, but we can hear from God and we can know what he wants us to do, which then is ask. I love what 1 John says. 1 John 5 says, this is the confidence we have in approaching God, that if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us and then finally yield. Just like we yield on the road, we should be yielding on the road if we don't already. When the yield sign is on there, that little red triangle, that we do that to the Lord and, and say, God, this is your day. Lord, you, you purchased me for a price. It is no longer I who live, but you who live in me. Not my will, but yours be done today. Yield to him. And uh, what I would love to close with is by leaving you with this. I hope that we would charge our souls the way that we charge our phones and our watches and everything else that runs on chargers these days, which is a lot, our cars. Because truly, we can't go far without his Holy Spirit. We think we may be going far, but we're really, we're not going with him. 
or going on our own. Let us go with him. Because when we do, we give this world what it needs. And that is people that know God, not just know about him, not just know Bible verses in the right answer, but, but know the living God because we've spent time with him. Because we've been sitting with him. He is the way. Paul said it this way at the conclusion of his letter to the church in Philippi. He says, I know what it is to be in want, in need, and I know what it is to have plenty. I have learned the secret of being content in any and every situation, whether well-fed or hungry, whether living in plenty or in want. I can do all this, what? Through, through him who gives me strength. Let us live through Christ this year. Are you with me? If you're able and willing, please stand as we close in prayer. We thank you, Lord, for making it possible to live through you, not just for you, even because of you, but through you and with you. I, I pray that you would slow us down each and every day. I pray that you would bring us back here each and every week so that we can hear from you in the corporate gathering through song, through your word. Lord, I pray that we would walk with one another in community groups as we really share the highs and the lows of our weeks and our lives. And I thank you for making this possible, Jesus, through your life, death, and resurrection. I don't want to go any further without inviting anyone that may have yet to call Jesus their Lord, their Savior, something stirring in your heart right now, and you're ready to surrender your life to Jesus. He's looking for a posture of humility, and he's a confession, because it's by our mouth that we are saved, and by believing in our hearts that he's been raised from the dead. So I want to encourage you to repeat these words after me and say, Jesus, this morning, I surrender and give you my life because you gave me yours. Thank you for your, the death you went through to forgive me of my sin. For your resurrection that promises me everlasting life. I choose to follow you from this day forward. In Jesus' name. Also want to encourage anyone that wants prayer this morning. Don't leave here without asking for it. There are people here at the front willing and ready to pray with you. Let us go out and follow the way of Jesus. In your name, Jesus, everyone said, amen. Thanks for listening to the Sunday Messages podcast. You can dive deeper into the messages weekly by subscribing to the Conversations podcast, where we dig into the previous Sunday's message, unpacking how we can apply it further in our daily lives. See you again next week.